Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome back to Good Guys Talk Back. Hey, it's episode 259. Uh, I am Nick Morowski, and I'll say good morning to you if you are uh, with us live on our uh, YouTube channel, the Good Guys Talk Back uh, YouTube feed live here uh, 9.30 in the morning on Saturday, the day before the big game. Uh, so much to get to. Oh, it's projection season. An old friend has come back into our lives. We have new renderings of what this uh, stadium is going to look like. It's going to change everything uh, for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, uh, join us. Jump in on the comments. Uh, good morning to uh, Greg and, and Spags. We've already uh, jumped in. Uh, chopping all of this up with me, my dear, dear friend, Pat Hester. Uh, hello, sir. Good morning to you. Uh, you know, even we have to adjust to Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's kind of a big deal. The NFL does a, a good job. We have to concede. We know our ratings and our watches will will diminish, and we get that. So we hope everybody enjoys this episode and enjoys their Super Bowl weekend, which is an unofficial holiday. Nick, uh, I want to ask you just real quick before we start. What excited you more uh, yesterday? Was it? The bringing back of a Danny Mendick, which I'm sure we're going to get to at some point this week, all the stadium drawings and, and announcements that came out and, and plans, or was it National Pizza Day yesterday? <laughs> of those three? Of those three. Oh, National Pizza Day. Okay. And, and shout out to, to Phil's on 35th Street, the best uh, pizza, in my mind, in the city of Chicago. So. Uh, well, put that down. So did you, did you drive uh, to the south side yesterday and, and pick up? a pie and then bring it home? No, uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to be celebrating uh, privately uh, this coming week. Um, and so you're I, observing it. Well, sometimes when it's national, whatever day, or uh -huh. sometimes you have to veer off the actual, Hey, today's the holiday. Well, I'm going to make, you know, it's when you celebrate it, that's yeah. when it's actually, uh, and I'm going to observe it a different day. It's coming up and yeah. um, I will do that and I will enjoy that. I think this past week, too, either Tuesday or Wednesday, is National uh, Fettuccine Alfredo Day. So there if you, you want to lump them together and then just take a big nap afterwards, that would be <laughs> that would be great. Well, you know, back in my uh, back in my 20s, uh, when I just had no responsibilities at Nick and I, I'll and, say uh, it, you were you were grossly out of shape then. Look at you now, though. <laughs> Model <laughs> of health. I would. uh you ever do this move? I, I would do a frozen pizza because you, I would be able to crush those, no mm -hmm. problem. Those oh, frozen yeah. pizzas solo. It's like, get away from me. I got this on my own. If you want pizza, make your own uh, mm -hmm. pizza. I'll do this yep. one by myself. I would do a can of Hormel chili, <laughs> and this is a good Super Bowl. If you want to do this for the for the big game on Sunday, try this one out. You do your frozen <laughs> frozen pizza, and then put Hormel chili on top of the pizza. Get all that warm and gooey, maybe a little bit of cheese, a uh, chili pizza for you. So. Do you put the chili on and then put it in the oven, or do you cook the pizza, then put the chili on? You warm the chili up in a micro microwave-safe bowl, not okay. in a can. Don't, do it in the can. Don't, don't, don't warm the chili up in the tin can in the microwave. That, that'll cause a <laughs> that problem. Work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, this down. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll blast out the recipe, um, you know, just to get everybody Cooking on the same page. And uh, and then you you warm you got the warm chili. You scoop it on your uh, heated uh, fro- uh, frozen pizza, and mm-hmm. you know there you go, man. Um, but does that get difficult though when when the cutting comes into place, or are you just folding it like a big taco? <laughs> Look. It depends on if you're just solo and you don't you don't care you don't. Well, care if you're eating that, Nick, you are solo. Let's <laughs> be honest. If that's your meal, if this is what you're making, you are a person that lives alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is uh, that is 100 percent true. So, hey, think about it. That's up to you. Some of those little logistics in terms of how you're going to cut it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's your preference. What you want to do. All right, let's get back on track. I'm sorry I veered so far off. Uh, yeah, let's get let's get back to the good Cock, stuff here. Dakota, Danny Mendex Stadium. Yeah. Let's let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you want to go projections? Do you want to go stadium? Do you want to go some of the NRIs <laughs> here? Uh, I'm going to let you let's kind start of with pick. the bad. Let's start with the bad. Let's go from bad to more of the positive. So let's start okay. with uh, projections. Get that out of the way. Yeah. So if you're eating right now, which you know it. it it depends. And if you've got kids, you probably had breakfast five hours ago. Uh, five twelve. Yes. We had <laughs> but anyway, if you're, if you're snacking on something, you might want to just take a break, but you, you've probably consumed these projections already. Cause this is the season folks. This is projection season. This is where everybody starts coming out with their predictions. And I'm sure over the next few days and even into, you know, spring training, we'll, we'll be getting all these different articles and stuff. Everybody will be popping off on what they expect. And we all know it's not going to be great for this 2024 team in terms of wins, losses. It just, I mean, it's there, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get to some roster stuff, especially pitching because pitchers and catchers will be reporting in a few days, but uh, you got Pakoda, you got fan graph zips. Um, so, you know, they not only are giving you wins, losses, Pat, but they're giving you percentages of, well, could they win the division? What's the percentage to make the playoffs and beyond? And uh, so 65-ish wins I'm seeing, uh, 65, 66. Hey, that will save you from the 100 losses. So everybody that's, you know, maybe freaking out about, you know, I don't think they will. I don't think they are going to lose 100 games based on these uh, expert projections. But what really caught me off guard is he's 0% chance. I thought it was 0.5. That is, uh, I think think Zips maybe was like, hey, 0.5 or 0.8 or something uh, will give you. Where Pakoda, I think, might have been like 0% (laughs) across the board. Like, don't even... You shouldn't even play. Just stay in Camelback Ranch and just work on, you know, drills and work on different stuff. Scrimmage versus local high schools, stuff like (laughs) that. Okay. Work on your pitcher fielding practice. uh, Work on TWTW. Stay there and figure that out because the, I mean, what what do you look, you and I, and and everybody watching and and listening, we're going to continue to watch this team. Right. And we're going to be glued in, um, you know, it's, uh, I get it. You just might not have the stomach for it the entire season. Dip in, dip out. I totally respect that. You got to fan how you need to fan. I'll be glued in uh, because of my disorder. But uh, look, I, yes, you know, is this always right? You know, not necessarily. You know, you can go back and we could do this game and go down the rabbit hole of different years for the Sox. But 
when so many people are projecting this, Pat, you kind of have to feel like, oh, this is probably how it's going to be. Yeah, it, it feels almost inevitable at this point. But the only thing, and again, this is unfortunate that we're here, is that most Sox fans are just leaning to hope and wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, would you say that over the past two years, uh, anything that could go wrong did? Yeah, I, I would see that's a fair estimate, but do you make your own destiny sometimes? You know, that, by- that's, that's true. I, my, I, I guess I only bring that up, Nick, because this is again, based on the roster, you, this is the only way you can think is can it all go wrong again? Right. Can the injuries continue to, to these guys? And I guess they can if they don't take care of their bodies properly. Uh, can uh, can they blow as many games from from the bullpen that they have? Can they walk as many guys as, as they have in the past? Can they not walk as many times as they have in the past? I, I, I guess the only thing that you can look forward to. And again, and I'm not projecting them to win more than, you know, the. I, I think 65 is grossly low, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think it's really hard to win only 65 games in Major League Baseball. I, maybe I'm a cockeyed optimist. I don't know. But I would. my projection would be more around the 75 win total. Is that way too high? Is that crazy mm-hmm. for me to think? So it's it, it could be hard to only win 65 games. However, if you obviously do not address some of the issues that are you know, plaguing your team in terms of a proven right fielder and a second base and beyond and, and really address pitching when you just ignore kind of that because you're on a different path right and we know that like we we can see what's going on with this white sex team it's another rebuild uh maybe not a tear down to the studs type of rebuild but still a rebuild uh, uh I mean, yeah, with the optimism and the hope and, you know, you still look at some of the guys and that this is the game we play of, well, look at their roster. Like, how can these guys, it's a, it's a Mankata contract year and Aloy has got a different type of, you know, batting stance with his, you know, he's using his hands differently and Robert's going to follow up on what he did and, and maybe have a chip on his shoulder because he wants to do more. Maybe he's going to be in that MVP conversation and, Kopech's definitely going to figure it out. Watch out for Kopech. You play those games, right? Mm-hmm. And, and why not? I have hope. I'm excited for the baseball season to start. But when you look at the metrics and the numbers that are attached to all these different players that they've cobbled together, and you know, have they even been able to withstand you know a whole season? You know, some of these guys are like, well, they were in good fill-in roles, but you they might have to step up in a starting role. That could be a lot to chew on, and. I, yeah, I'm. I don't think 65 is going to be, you know, as bad. But, gosh, uh, 75 seems generous. I, yeah. I, can I say low 70s right now? Well, just remember, we do have a bet, and and Matt in the chat reminds us of that. And now the Sox are plus four four thousand to win win the division. Maybe oh, we should have waited. Maybe we should have waited. Wait. Or war, or we hedge. Do we hedge? That's not the right word for it. You would hedge mm-hmm. the other way. Maybe we should double down is what I'm saying. Maybe we should put another bet, another $10 each on the Sox to win this division. Then then we're rolling in the dough, dude. Yeah, we've got a lot of opportunities. Uh, I, our dear friend Mark uh, was in Las Vegas, and he said, you know, let me know if you want any other uh, Sox bets. And I 
look, I'm not a gambler. I don't have the personality for it. Trust me. Um, cause I, I, I'd be a mess with that. Uh, so I try to be very cautious, but is there, maybe people know this and can jump in, in, in the comments. Can you bet like, well, will Vegas put out, will a projected over under wins? Will they, you know, and then give you odds or something, or can you just simply go over under, uh, at a sports book? You know, because if that is stamped at 65 wins, I put money on them being over. 65. I'm sure you can place that bet, Nick. I, and, and maybe you should get a gambling app. I I, I encourage you to do that just for research purposes. <laughs> maybe somebody down the street or in the neighborhood will just take that bet for me. And uh, you can do this yourself. I know you can. Uh, and I trust you. And I'll, I'll be I'll be your sponsor and make sure that you don't do anything, um, you know, erratic. I don't show up at a, you know, at an airport uh, betting arrivals and departures uh, with some cowboy. Come on, uh, Mexico City. <laughs> so, I mean, look, it's something to pay attention to. I uh, obviously all the projections weren't very uh, bullish at all uh, on the Sox last season. And we saw how that turned out. I mean, I think I think what these projections uh, they lack is. TWTW, you can't factor heart, man. You can't measure a player's heart. And we've got some players that are, boy, they just play the game the right way. They they play the Grafol way. Um, wow. You know, there's going to be some speed. There's going to be focus on the little things. And you're how hoping, can you... You're hoping we have a bunch of Grinches, like the heart grew three sizes that day and they're going to be able to lift the sleigh over their head. That's what yeah. we need. We need 25 Grinches on the team. Well, should we should we transition then to to Danny Mendick? Who I mean, this Talk guy fun, mustache dances afterwards TikTok. Why not? Uh, I hope it's the mustache revival tour. I hope I hope he brings that back in full force um, because we could lose a mustachio gentleman in Dylan C. So we've got to have something on the roster. And he's a grinder, man. Uh, he before he got hurt in that crazy injury, I think it was Adam Hazley, where Mendick mm-hmm. was playing shortstop or third because Anderson, I think, had the day off. And Men- Mendick would have probably been pay- playing second base, he wouldn't have been even involved in that play. And, and Hazley's coming in, Mendick's going out, uh, collision in foul territory. He, he was on a tear, Mendick was, um, he was the superstar that nobody uh, thought of. Uh, and, and I use superstar in a very um, a generous way, but <laughs> I, I almost fell over. <laughs> he was, I thought, I mean, he was having a break. Could he sustain it for the rest of the season? I mean, probably not, but he was a bit of a spark plug, Pat. Uh, I'll take a, I'll take a spark. You need guys like that, right? I don't, again, I don't know if it was sustainable over the, you know, how many games he would play 150 games or, you know, whatever it would be at the end of the year. But You need guys like that. You need guys to play at, dare I say, average to just slightly above average ball on a day in and day out basis that you can count on. I mean, that's what we've lacked, Nick, is just guys that we can count on. I I mean, the number of people that we've had that have been just holes in the lineup that can't hold their, uh, you know, bat their own weight. You know, I know batting average is not anything anybody cares about anymore. But when you're looking at guys that are under 200, those are just automatic outs. I would say he wasn't an automatic out. I would say that he was putting the ball in play, and I could count on his defense. Just nothing flashy. You need guys like that on on a major league team. Now, do you necessarily want that as a starting uh, infielder? No, but for this team, you could probably use him this year until 
you know, you maybe maybe at one point you'd address second base. Maybe at some point you address the other positions on the field to, you know, accompany uh, Montgomery when he comes up next year. So I, I would uh, I would love for Danny Mendick to surprise me and, and be sustainable, uh, you know, piece the entire year. But honestly, Nick, there was a reason why that, you know, he he was playing where he was and minor league contract after minor league contract and call up and sit down type of thing because he's just not that kind of guy. But again, you need guys to be the bricks in the mortar yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, Luke uh, brought up Hanser Alberto's name. So he owes his 10 pushups uh, at his uh, leisure uh, whenever you get to that. <laughs> but uh, Luke brings up a good point. I mean, maybe Mendick is that guy. Maybe Grafol said to Getz, hey, I need that Mendick guy. You had him in the system. Um, I think if we have an opportunity to bring him back, he fits into what I'm trying to do, get him, and maybe he wins. You know, Romy's gone. Uh, maybe he wins spring training, and he's that guy that Grafol's like, he plays the game the right way. He's a good clubhouse guy. And a guy that just doesn't make mistakes, like doesn't beat himself, is is disciplined at the plate, is mentally with it. I mean, knows where to be. Like <laughs> that's what that's the bar being very low. All right, all right, let's uh come on over here. We want you to join the Chicago White Sox. First question: Are you are you mentally with it? Are you mentally with it? All right, then we could proceed in the interview now. Um, so yeah, I Look, those guys are necessary, and that's where I think you you make hay as a as an organization, as a general manager of how you allocate different funds is is on the fringe. We talked about it last season around this time. The Sox were going to have to win on the margins, and they didn't. They didn't really win at all. But how do you spend that remaining money? that Jerry gives you. It's like the little pittance that he gives you. How, how do you spend that on, on what kind of role players? And unfortunately, you know, there are bigger issues than just role players right now. Like we have got, man, a Swiss cheese rotation, uh, bullpen, and, and other primary positions have just not been addressed. So maybe Mendick steps up and is like, I'll be your starting second baseman. How about that? And, and the mustache uh, tour lives on. I, again, I, I'm happy to see it. This team is, if they're going to win the 70 plus games that you and I think that they, they, they can, and, and we're hoping for more since we have, you know, thousands of dollars on the line uh, <laughs> uh, for them to win the central, yeah. um, they're going to have to win it in a way you had mentioned the pitching. They're going to have to win it in a way that's, that's, they're going to have to just club their way to wins because they're going to give up a ton of runs. Um, again, ifs and buts are candy and nuts, but uh, they're going to have to find a way to hit the ball over the fence, Nick, a lot. And with runners on base, because yeah. they're not going to be able to produce. They're not going to put the ball in play. I highly doubt that they're going to all of a sudden turn from a very poor base running team to a great base running team. They'd have to just be mediocre at first before they can get to great. So it's going to be getting guys on base and then, you know, doing the old, uh, hit the three run Homer and, and hope you can win games. So the guys, you you got to squeeze the max out of the Yohan Mancatas and the Luis Roberts and Aloy Jimenez and Gavin Sheets um, and uh, Andrew Vaughn, which a guy that nobody's really talked about at all, you know, even us. You know, we even talked to Andrew Vaughn. He's almost become a, an afterthought of what he can be 
uh, this season. And I hope he's got something to prove. I hope he, I hope the back feels good, right? First of all, and hopefully that doesn't come back and bite him this year. And I hope that he can be the player that, that, uh, they projected him to be when they rushed him along to bring him up to this club. So, um, are you yeah, high I, on, I mean, uh, are you- <laughs> Are you high? Are you uh, high on Andrew Vaughn? Are you- high, high. Currently, no. Uh, it's been many, 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 many. Are you still like, ago. do you get really excited about, you know, I, I think we, we use the word potential for a lot of different players. And, you know, when we don't pay attention to metrics or, you know, all this other stuff or future projections, there's just something we feel in, in our plums about, you know, a, a player. And we mm-hmm. can't really, it's tough to articulate. It's tough to defend, but you could just say, I don't know how to say it, but I could just, I think he's just going to be, a, he's going to be a really good player for us. And we haven't seen anywhere near what I think he could be. And you feel that way about Andrew Vaughn still. Uh, you're, you're, I, I think I'm just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're probably going to say you're higher on Andrew Vaughn than I am at, at this probably. point. Right now, he from what he has shown, and, and maybe it's what I've been burned on by guys like Yuan Mankata in the past, because he was the guy that I was really high on for a long time. As as you know, I've projected him, I think, three of the last four years to be the team MVP, and then three of the last four years have been garbage. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate to just say I'm trying to move away in my fandom, and maybe that just doesn't make me as good a fan as I used to be, trying to move away from the um, boy, I'm just going to hold on to this because I really believe I'm just going to believe in this guy. I, I'm starting to move into, into this way of you've got to show it to me before I really believe that you're going to be something. Yeah. And, and it's got to be for longer than a, maybe a week stretch, right? It's got to be, show me a, a month. You're going to have ups and downs in that month, but show me a month. And then I can look back and go, all right, now I can project the rest of the year out. If he has months like that, you can stack, you know, and then all of a sudden you look back at the year and it's like, Man, you know what? Uh, I'll take and I will take Andrew Vaughn at this point at 25 plus home runs, some around 70 to 80 RBIs with a 280 batting average. Is that too low? Of a, yeah, hmm. is that too low of a from what we've heard that he oh, could be? Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, well, I, I don't know if he's going to get to 280. Um, again, we're we're splitting hairs on average, but some of the power numbers you referenced. I sure hope he hits 25 or more home runs, and I sure hope he has 75, 80 or more home runs. He's got to. Um, I mean, when you're drafted that high and, and the accolades out of college and, and everybody's saying what they've said, th- this is why, you know, I, I my stomach gets a little queasy when we start talking when farm systems and all this kind of stuff. It, you know, Keith Law... Uh, and then there's so many other people do it. And, and, you know, they, they spend a lot of their lives professionally just trying to get this right in terms of prospects and, and analyzing and breaking them down. And, you know, for pitchers, it's all this different stuff on, on their arm and their pitches and their spin rate and the velocity and, and blah, blah, blah. And you, you get these different lists and, and Keith Law for the athletic this week, which kind of a bright spot in this type of offseason said the Sox have got the 10th best farm system, which, wow. I mean, that number is high compared to where it's been the last couple of years. And he, he went on to say, uh, if uh, they end up parting ways with Luis Robert Jr. before his contract is up, um, you know, 
they could jump into number five in the, t- in the five spot. So that's all well and good. That's that's fun to hear those types of things. But to your point, I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been burned as a fan by buying into our top rated farm system or winning the off season by people that, you know, hey, and, and nothing is foolproof. Nothing is guaranteed. This, this is just projections. This is just guesstimates. But it's based on a lot of information and years in the game and all this kind of stuff. So it's like in one hand, how can you be excited about a good farm system, but also like be down maybe or don't think much of Andrew Vaughn? Like Andrew Vaughn was the number three pick, was touted by everybody as like this guy's going to mash in Major League Baseball. So that's where I get torn. And I'm more of like, look, I'll see it when I see it. Whenever it happens with these guys, that's great. If, if someone thinks that we have a wonderful farm system or a not so great farm system or certain players are going to just be studs, that's cool. That's awesome. I'll, I'll Don't mind me, but I'm just going to reserve all of my excitement to when I actually see it in a White Sox uniform at 35th and Shields. 35th and shields for now. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I hear you there, Nick. And, and it's nice because it, it was, it was good to see that. And then you saw, I think the uh, players in the top 100 prospects in baseball. And I think the Sox have five or something like that. Uh, so again, those are all great things to see, but what we saw the last time the Sox had, you know, a top 10, we'll call it a uh, farm system was right before the rebuild happened. And then all the players came up and then they, uh, and I get why this, this happens to a lot of teams. You bring all your players up and then your farm system obviously drops in the rankings. The idea is then you can't let it dwindle down there in the, in the lower third of baseball in terms of your farm system. Then you have to continually manage both ends of the candle. If you will, it's like, okay, you're bringing players up, you're making astute moves. You're not holding on to assets maybe that you can move and always being aggressive and looking to improve your entire organization, not just the major league club. I think now it's really about the farm system and it's about now you have to actually develop these players and, and eventually get them to come up on the right timelines when you still have your talent here being Luis Robert Jr. So can Chris gets, this will be, you know, whether he, well, he'll probably stick around while Jerry's not going to be alive another 20 years, but Chris gets will probably be in this chair for at least 10. Hey, you don't know that. Well, he, that's true. Ryan Surf could be around, who knows, 120. He might set a record or something uh, at this rate. Well, I've seen a lot of superhero movies lately, <laughs> Nick, and there's a lot of people that have serums and things that keep them alive longer. I'm sure we're a lot closer this day and age to being reality than fiction. So maybe uh, he finds a way to freeze himself and he's just able to be a talking head. I have no idea. That being said, um, it will be interesting to see how this organization develops and then replenishes and then also continue to develop guys as they get to the major league club. So they have the opportunity to come up and fail and then still have the opportunity not to get sent back down in this yo-yo effect and, and actually get them. It's to, called the Colas effect. Uh, these yeah, yeah, right, right. It's like, Hey, you, you failed. You're, you're now bumped way back down. I, I, I would love to know if Oscar, maybe if, if Oscar Colas is in, in a different organization like the Dodgers or the Braves or somewhere else where they know how to develop talent, Tampa Bay, 
I, I wonder if he's a better player these days than he than he is with the with the White Sox. It's I mean, amazing how many times we've said that, Pat. Right about different players that get traded, or you know, I mean, we're saying it right now with Tim Anderson, who's still looking for a home. Uh, they just need a new scenery. They just need a different environment. And I think it's it's different for Anderson than it would be for Colas. But the 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 fact is, like, then what's going on with our system? And and that yeah. what's wrong with our scenery? <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot of problems, which is why you know Getz is drinking from the fire hose here. Of as a first year GM, there's a lot going on, you know. And he was in charge of player development, okay, which you know didn't go so hot. Yeah, and he's got this task of trying to help manage, build up the farm system, and you know go in a different direction. And we need new culture, and we need new players, we need a new identity, and. You've never done any of this before, let alone this type of thing. So that's why I give him a hard time. I'm not saying like I'm laying all Han's faults at his feet, but it's really Jerry's fault. Ultimately, of course, we all know that. Uh, and I wanted guests to surround himself with people that man, have done this before. You know, it's like, I get it. I, I know how this works. Uh, I, I think bringing Barfield in is starting to prove a little bit in, in a positive direction. Um, but He's got a lot on his plate, man. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't and know. I don't blame just Rick for all that either. I, I blame a little of, of Kenny, who obviously wanted to make sure everybody knew who was really in charge of that organization for his tenure. I, I think Kenny got fell in love with the guy, and we know it. He fell in love with the guys that he's always pined for, but his owner would never allow him, allow him to pay for. So he was bringing guys in, and I don't, I couldn't go back and you know figure out, you know was Andrew Jones a, a trade or we know the the James Shields trade, the, the Tatis, which still haunts us to this day. But I just wonder how many good players in our organization have been exited or traded for these guys that were well past their prime and hoping for, you know, lightning in a bottle type of yeah. thing that really continually killed our organization. And, and Kenny Williams didn't value the farm system like you need to. He, he tried to do things in a way that was like halfway like the old Yankees way, like we're going to overpay for players, but we couldn't overpay for players, but we wanted the stars, but they were just well past their prime. So it's like, we want the stars that are, that are, we want them here, um, but we're not going to be able to pay top dollar. So we got to wait five or six years for them to be on the decline. So we can't afford them. Or, you know, we're going to move off of young players because those are just assets and chips. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get guys back in the trade. And he was notoriously awful or uh, in the draft, he was notoriously an awful drafter. So it's just unfortunate that it's been run that way for so long. And this is what the result is. Yeah. Uh, Luke brought up uh, Marcus Simeon. um, And I believe that was Jeff Samarja. Was that the Jeff Samarja deal? Um, Wasn't Simeon in this organization twice? Is that right? Or am I thinking of another player? Luke might know. Luke, if you know, I, I Gonzalez, think, Gio Gonzalez. Oh, that's it. That's it. it like Gio Gonzalez. My bad. Um, My bad. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I think Frankie Montas. Uh, is that right? I, and you start to forget about all these because there's mm-hmm. been so many of them. Um, do you pay out want to go uh, pitchers and catchers? What that outlook is, or do you want to look at uh, talk renderings? All the let's talk answers. renderings. I mean, my goodness gracious, I couldn't get enough. Yeah. Is it, did that get you all in a lather? Did you? Have oh, you know what happened. You know what did. You know me, Nick. I, I've always, yeah. and and I'm going to probably offend a, a lot of the people if you do live in in Bridgeport and that in the neighborhood. As Armor you Square for, for a long time. 
um, that, you know, you're probably not going to like my take as a suburbanite, but that is exactly what I've wanted a baseball stadium to, to, to look like the sight lines and have the feel of, and again, they're just pictures. I don't know whether there's not been a shovel put in the ground yet, but, uh, that is what modern day baseball experience looks like these days. And I know where a lot of people are going to go and I, and I get it, you know, where's the parking at? Where are you taking away our tradition of tailgating? And I, a hundred, and I enjoy it. I love it. I love going to tailgate on the South side. It's fantastic. It's our thing. It's part of our White Sox fan culture. But if I'm going to have to sacrifice something, I will sacrifice it for that. And I'm sorry if that offends people. And I'm sorry that I'd rather have the ballpark uh, out of 35th and Shields. Uh, let me ask you this, and, and I'll and I'll weigh in and all because we usually that. we agree a lot on a lot of things, Nick, and this might yeah. be something we're gonna butt heads on, and that's yeah. okay. It makes for good podcasting. Well, I, I just have some thoughts, and I, but so would you rather have a a winning team, a, a team that oh, I don't want to say Braves '90s. Uh, I mean, even you can go current Braves, but a, a team that you know, has won a couple divisions, has gotten to the ALCS, maybe a world series. And, and there's a, there's maybe five to eight years of success at 35th and shields. Or would you rather have, and you can't have both, you can't mix and match, or would you rather have just, you know, what we've been dealing with currently, but the stadium is, you know, state of the art and it is viewed by, uh, the experts, quote unquote, is the best baseball stadium in all of MLB. But the team is just it's got awful and it doesn't look like there's any changes coming. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather take winning. OK, I mean, there's all there's right. there's I, I'll I'll play on the surface of the moon and, and you know, go watch them there if that's the case, if they're winning. <laughs> Now, I don't really care yeah. about that kind of stuff. I, I'd still go back and watch them if they were in old Comiskey Park, falling down and decrepit and terrible if they were a winning team. that The winning is ultimately more important than anything else, and I get that. But if you're telling – but I know what's happening, and I know what's going on with this organization. If, if you can excite me as a fan, that you can give me at least a, a, a fantastic experience where, you know, maybe – you're viewed as, as not just a, a laughing stock in terms of not only what's on the field, but you know, the construction of that place from when it was built was, you know, obviously a, a lot has gone into it to improve it, but it wasn't great to open up. Um, there's obviously there's, there's people that don't enjoy the experience. I think it's probably in the lower third in terms of best stadiums in baseball. So if you're telling me I can have a world-class facility and it has the opportunity, Nick, to increase revenue streams, because I think that's ultimately the other thing is as far as a business. And if you're also telling me, Nick, because I don't know if you caught this, but uh, and I'm going to get the details wrong on this. But there's the the developer, the mm -hmm. owner of the developer that would do this is uh, in the ownership group of the Dolphins. Now, I know your your pants just got tight right there when I mentioned <laughs> that. because Is Dan it, Marino involved in this? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, if if this is a play for Jerry to move the stadium now win the race to the, you know, the sports authority dollars that are out there before the bears build their stadium yeah, and ultimately put him in a position where he increases the value of the ball club to ultimately sell it, please. And thank you. I'll take all of it. And I'll, and for that, I will sacrifice some of the other things. If you could tell me that now, okay, we have this world-class ballpark, the value of our, of our franchise just went through the roof 
And now it's time for Jerry to sell and get out. And maybe for you, Nick, it's an alignment with the, by the way, Nick is, was a, a closet Miami Dolphins fan for those of you that don't know. So you could have the owner uh, of the Chicago White Sox be a part be the part owner of the Dolphins. What do you think yeah. about that? It's pretty amazing um, that that could happen. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me sweeten this deal for somebody. Let, let me gift this to somebody. But I think it was Herb Lawrence who might have said it on, on, on Twitter X the other day, maybe talking about something else. I, I, I don't know. Of course, Herb Lawrence, the great Herb Lawrence from CHGO. And he said, like, I'd rather deal with the devil I know than the, you know, the devil I don't know or, or something like that. You don't know what's going to happen with a new ownership group. You, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come in and just start writing checks and, and spending big money. That's not a guarantee. That's what we hope. We hope that no one will ever operate the way Jerry has operated and that someone that has that type of environment, that type of stadium knows, wow, if I put a winning team, this thing is going to be a monster. Mm -hmm. But they could also just say people will come to this stadium. You know, we will we will get people to show up. You know, the surrounding areas make this profitable. Uh People, you know, this is going to be a destination for people. I don't necessarily have to put a winning product out on the field. I get all of that. And I understand Herb's point. But my hope is that, you know, in the six years, as this isn't happening overnight, the lease isn't up on the south side yet. Uh, in, in six years, if this all falls right and the Sox are in a new building and Jerry is, you know, six years older at that point and he's ready to sell. Um, I'm hoping that there's, and I'm seeing it a little bit. We're all seeing it. The changing of the guard in terms of ownership groups in baseball, the old, the old groups are starting to move on. Baltimore has new ownership now. That's obviously very aggressive right off the start. Uh, we've seen what's happened with, with other teams and new ownership, you know, again, not to say that they're going to be perfect. The Mets is a perfect example of, it doesn't always work out just because you spend a lot of money, but I'm more interested in. Uh, the new regime of ownerships, owners and ownership groups in Major League Baseball and the old country club regime going out the door where all of Jerry's buddies are now gone. And it, it you're not going to probably get an owner like Jerry, hopefully back in that seat, because, again, there's there's it's got to go through committees and keep letting guys into the group or or, or ladies, whatever it is, into the group. And I don't see dinosaurs like Jerry Reinsdorf that thinking and the, the rest of Major League Baseball going, this is good for the game to have a guy like this as an owner. I just, yeah. I'm hoping that. Again, that's what we have to do as, as Sox fans is this hope or this everlasting hope that we have. Yeah. And those, those I, are I, just great see, points. Yeah. I just see ownership in, in baseball changing. It's not, I, Jerry's buddies are going to be gone, in my opinion, by the time he's ready to sell. Uh, Matthew, uh, thank you for jumping in on the comments. Uh, Pat, you think the Sox are going to make at least one more playoff appearance uh, before they leave? Uh, yeah, their current location. I think so. I think, um, you know, baseball is so uh, can be finicky, and and if this let's this year we know what this year can be. The, we're looking towards twenty twenty five. I think I'm not going to say that this team is going to be a perfect product by then, but I think we're all kind of eyeing twenty twenty five as hopefully a, a year where we get back and contend. And if you're contending, and let's I'm assuming Pedro will still be here because he probably will be because they're so tied together, him and Gets that um, 
you know, if you get things going in the right direction, injuries within your division, maybe you can win. Again, we talk about it all the time. It's the central. I see, you know, them having that pop-up opportunity here where maybe they're a year ahead of the rebuild and maybe things are going along and maybe this Colson Montgomery is the star that we're hoping he can be. And, and by then they can kind of get into the situation and, and be in the playoffs. Yes. I, I definitely think that. What do you think? It really depends on Danny Mendick and, and what kind of season that he could probably put together <laughs> um, moving forward. You will die in the Danny Mendick. Bill. I, and that's great. I, I love uh, it. You know, if I he makes the team, if, he, if he's the starting second baseman, you know, I will, I will get over to grandstand. I will make my Danny Mendick Jersey. I will get that custom made. Here, here's um, your assignment for when you're in spring training, which when do you leave again? You leave soon. Uh, right? I, I leave uh, in, in a, in a month, I think in a month. March 10th. I uh, hope the it, weather yeah. is better there. It's chilly in Arizona right now. Yeah. So, um, you need to get a, a selfie with Danny Mendek. Oh, I will. I'm going to be out there early. Cause you know, you can get to the facilities and, and watch all the bunting and, um, you know, that's the goal. Runners. That's yeah. the thing to the, to yeah. the greatest mustaches in, yeah. in, in, uh, you know, in Chicago together. Yeah taking a picture. That'll be great. Yeah. I'm, I will make that my goal. Um, I, 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 back to the original uh, question and thank you, Matthew. And thank you so many, uh, so much for everybody jumping in, in the comments. This has been, uh, this has been great. Um, and if you're ever wondering like, Hey, I, I'd like to help out. Good guys talk back. Uh, no money. We don't need any money. Don't no, just wait subscribe. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> Just we didn't talk about that. Just subscribe uh, to the YouTube uh, channel. You have no idea how much that does for us and, and, and help with everything going on. So just subscribe. Even if you don't think you're going to watch the live feed on YouTube very often, subscribe to the channel, pass it along. Uh, we really appreciate it. I'm going to um, do some, I'm going to do those messages where if you play us backwards, there's going to be things that you can hear where it says, <laughs> send us money. That, that'll um, be what I do. Well, I, I think I do think they'll they'll have one more playoff appearance if they are going to leave in in six years. I think they'll have another playoff appearance somehow, some way. Uh, we'll we'll see post uh, postseason action uh, at thirty fifth and Shields one more time. Um, but you know, I, I know you're excited, and you have all the right to be excited uh, when there's not a lot going on for this team. Again, hey, whatever gets you going as a fan. And, and the renderings look amazing, you know, and it looks very similar to a lot of ballparks that I've been to that are uh, recent builds right in the hub of a city with, you know, all of that going on around it. And there's there's a water opportunity and these kind of open concepts. And I get it. It's the way stadiums are trending. Uh, the whole parking situation, it, I, I, I do find it kind of interesting, but it's real. Okay. That is a real concern for especially fans mm -hmm. of a certain age. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and I just use like my parents' references or other people that I know that are, are so used to, especially from the burbs, I get into a car, I drive to a place, I got through traffic, whatever that is, I get to park, whatever that money is, and then I go. Okay, it's part of doing business. I get that. I am not interested as a fan to drive to a train station, look at a schedule, pay attention to a schedule, take the train in, get off of the train, find an L that's going to take me near the new stadium. Then I'm going to walk. And if you got a couple kids and it's a certain time of day, you might say, forget it. Yeah, I know I can do it, but I don't want to do it. You know, I, I just, it's idea. not, you know, I just, I don't have interest for that. 
So I get all the, you know, uh, and when I was in my 20s and I was living in, in, in Chicago and bouncing around to different neighborhoods, man, I didn't own a car for a year and a half, you know, and I was just oblivious. You think you're, you're at, you, you think like you are made of Teflon, like nothing is going to bother you. Like I will figure it out. I'll, I'll walk to a train station. I'll walk, I'll walk, I'll just walk downtown from, from my, you know, North side neighborhood. And when you get older, you get kids, you know, there's when you have other responsibilities. Now that I'm not saying that is always how it goes. I know that there's people that have navigated public trans very well and they have no problem with it. It's like if I can get to that stadium and, and see that I'll take whatever trains I want. The parking thing, I'm just saying it's going to throw people off. You know, yeah. you're going to be you're going to be bringing in probably a different type of clientele, fan base, however you want to call it. There will be parking. It's just not going to be how it is right now. And, yep. you know, you're not going to have that type of I, I don't think you're going to have that type of tailgating community. You know, it's going to be something different. So the up in arms stuff about parking, it's just because, you know, that that's a mindset, man. Yeah. Uh, when, when you're living in the in the burbs and traveling in, you know, some people are just they're, they're not public transportation people. So you, you as a team and an organization might be saying, well, if you're not, then sorry. Yeah. You know, you're going to either have to learn it or just you're not going to attend many games. I, th that's just my feeling. I have a fantastic idea for us, Nick. When the Sox win the Central this year and we collect all of that money, <laughs> we turn that in and you and I buy a boat. Okay. And then we take the river. We now just, you're talking. Now we yeah. figure out where we launch. I don't yeah. know where the Chicago River, how to yep. navigate. It's, and and, and the term is launch. We just launch. So we launch yeah. it into yep. a, a river somewhere and boom, right up north. And then yep. we we dock our boat right outside the ballpark. Well, we might be able to, you know, get on the INM canal. We could store it, you yes. know, uh, and I live by the INM canal. Uh, we, 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 we take Long the INM and, and we just, um, you know, we go by the old, you know, blocks and the back ways and we'll get an old prospector map and we'll follow that uh, into the main area. I think you got your, then we do offer tours and such. And I think that's something. Um, it could we, be, we're full of ideas, you know, shot at the end of Shawshank redemption, you know, just, we'll just, you and I just quit our jobs. We just fix up a boat and, and maybe we'll run a bed and breakfast on the river or on the canal. I, I, I think these are all wonderful ideas. And, and, and by the way, when we do win our bet and the Sox win the central, we're, we're collecting $720 collectively. So, that, well, I mean, that's a start. It's a down payment on, <laughs> on a small fishing boat. You don't have on to a have fixer a upper boat. On a, on a fixer upper boat. Yeah. As, as, do you have that stuff that, you know, that you can spray on it in case there's any leaks? What is flex that? Seal? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll just flex seal that thing up. Liquid nails and flex yeah. seal. That thing's going to be good as new in no time. You could mm -hmm. have a, a screen door at the bottom and that flex seal will keep it, uh, keep the, all the, out. uh, whatever's down there in the INM canal. I don't know. You could see it. Oh, uh, it's beautiful this time of year, especially speaking of uh, beautiful Pat. Um, mm -hmm. how about this group of pitchers and catchers that are going to report, uh, in a, in a couple days? Uh, can I refresh you on the names or are you solid on the names here? Nick, this was a fantastic show. Uh, I look forward to our next episode. <laughs> Um, please refresh we, uh, me. Please, uh, please uh, bring it to uh, so, back into the forefront. Look, um, the bullpen is is going to be kind of a, a hot mess. We, we've got potential. I think there's questions of health, as there always is. Uh, you know, track record. I think with starting pitching, the track record is what worries me a little bit. You, you've got some arms, and and they're and they're more than warm bodies in my mind. But 
the fact that they haven't done it for 162, you know, in, in MLB, that's a little, that's concerning. It's more than a little, it's, it's concerning. It's probably why, of course, they're projected the way they are. So we'll assume Cease is still on the team. Okay. So you got Cease, Kopech, you got Soraka, perhaps. Mike Soraka? Uh, uh, yeah, Mike Soraka. He, one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, Tuki Toussaint. We yes, saw some of him two, last two, year. Yep. You've got Flexen, you've Why got not? Schuster, mm-hmm. and and Fetty. Yeah, those are your those are your potentials. I think that could be vying for uh, the five man rotation. And you know, I talked about this with Ian Eskridge and, and Danny Miller on the most recent Future Sox podcast. And Ian brought up a great point. Like it's usually it's not five, it's not seven. It might be nine to eleven arms that you might have as starting pitchers throughout the year because of injuries and a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But Pat, I Fetty is the guy that, you know, was a dominant, I think KBO won like their Cy Young uh, flexing. I think they're high on, I couldn't tell you much about Soraka and Schuster aside from that. I think Atlanta uh, liked what they had in, in them. Tukey, you know, we were excited about more of a, wow, pleasantly surprised. Can Tukey really do that for 162, you know, taking the ball every fifth day? And we know what Kopech is bringing or not bringing. So I'll tell you what, man, that that is a a list only a mother can love in my (laughs) mind. Uh, Yeah, I hope their mothers aren't listening right now because (laughs) you've told them that they're all failures. Um. You know what, Nick? It's going to be all. It's going to be interesting too to to see how they evaluate these guys in spring. We know that you know, guys, the breaking ball doesn't break the same way in Arizona as it does uh, when they get up north and, and pitch in Chicago. So, how do you are you really evaluating these guys in their off speed stuff? Is it just really on location? And we know guys are really just working on things in spring trading. So if they get lit up, it's like, okay, well, today I was just working on on this, this, and this, and I really wasn't worried about what I was giving up. So, you know, we could be terrified after we get through spring training of, you know, what we're seeing because you're talking about guys of uh, of a talent level that isn't as high as we'd like to see it or where we have seen it over the last couple of years with the rotation that we had that we felt really strong about to now you have them you know, situational pitching and, and not going long innings and spring training, working on things. And really, how are you, how are you, can you really evaluate that? And and it's like, okay, you're, you're just going to go, these are the five guys. These are the best five guys we have. And we're going to ride with them to start the year. And the cease thing, he's going to be on this team. Um, to, now after, you know, after seeing what's happened here in the off season, he's going to be on this team th- at least until the trade deadline this year, if not through the entire year, in my mm. opinion now. So, um, you know, that's that's the one every fifth day that you can look forward to and feel pretty good about your chances of winning that ball game. And that's it. Yeah, I, I know guys will be just working on special stuff and it's different to pitch in Arizona than it is, you know, in, in, in the type of environment uh, weather-wise when they get back to the Midwest. You know, we start uh, opening day, home opener, March 28th. Um, so it, it is going to be cold. It's going to be different all throughout April and even into May. It's just different. Your pitches aren't doing the same things that they did in Arizona and uh, vice versa. But, you know, there were there was a spring. And, and again, this is a small sample, but this is based on Cease. I, I tracked his spring training quite closely, as a lot of people did. I was still doing, I was very much doing locked on uh, socks uh, at this time last year. And 
he had some rough starts. He had one start against the Royals, I believe, that I don't even think he made it out of the first, you know, and like he was able to come back in the game because of those different regulations in spring. And that kind of just, you know, and and he had a few other, and then you saw what kind of season he had last year, um, which wasn't a dumpster fire, but it was definitely a drop off from his runner up Cy Young performance. So I, I think there is something to be said about what is happening in spring. If you don't have control, you know, in spring training, which Kopech, you know, he was hit or miss with his control. And, like, we saw what was happening uh, with him in the season. In, in terms of, you know, pitchers, I, I think you have to really – you take I take more than just a grain of salt from what I see uh, in Glendale, Arizona. I really do. Um, I get it if your breaking ball or your cutter or whatever isn't popping the way you want it to pop. But other things, you know, like – I listen to like, if you just don't feel right, or if things aren't coming out of your hand the right way. And I I don't know, I I look into that and then I read into it a little bit more than maybe say a position player that is not finding his groove with the bat necessarily. Yeah. And and it's also interesting to think about the competition that they're pitching against too, Nick, because you could be going up against a B squad one day for a team that a bunch of guys that, you know, probably aren't going to be on a major league or at least making the major league club with that team that year. And, and, you know, guys having days off. So it's um, guys only, you know, playing an inning or two and then the starters are out. So I, I'm going to try not to get too uh, hot and bothered about spring, but I'm not expecting too much out of this pitching staff for sure. Uh, who they're throwing to uh, Corey Lee, Martin Maldonado, uh, Max uh, Stacy Stassi, I've heard uh, both pronunciations. So there, how about that? That that backstop, uh, uh, triple-headed uh, monster. I don't think Corey Lee is gonna. I, I think it'll be a Stassi Maldonado situation, um, unless Corey Lee can figure out some discipline at the plate, figure out his bat. You know, I he, I liked his defense, but then that kind of fell off. He looked lost with the bat last year. And Martin Maldonado has no offense, but everybody talks about his defense and what he can mean to a young, you know, a pitching staff and whatever. So uh, that's what you got for catchers, Pat. Good night, everybody. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're, we're glad you spent some time with us. I, I think I think deep down you'd like to see Corey Lee, right? Because you traded for that guy and you thought he was going to be an asset. I, I think that's who the organization would like to see. But um, it'll be Maldonado, I, I think, because of the the veteran presence. And you're going to need a guy like that to kind of help this, you know, ragtag group of starters make it through the season. So, um, I, I again, not much to be excited about uh, <laughs> from that position. But, oh, you know, gosh. we were we were excited about a, a guy like Yaz who didn't really provide much for us the last year and a half. So uh, the bar is low. Is what I'm saying. Uh, speaking of a low bar, Spags, you have some push-ups. Uh, you brought up Zach Collins' name. Um, I, I don't know if Lee's going to be going, the next We have to address the rules at some point. Uh, I know we will. Starts. Yeah, we are going to address the push-up rules. There's a few names that you just uh, – we, we don't want to bring up. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> for, for Corey Lee's sake, I hope he's not the next Zach Collins, but he could be trending that way. Uh, 
Well, you know, I know there's uh, Caro Cuero. He's he's in the system way down there. He might be a few years away. That that's a guy that's popping up on prospect lists. So uh, it's always been a problem developing catchers for this uh, the Sox team. Uh, yeah, Yaz is still looking for a job. Had as are like maybe thirty or more. A lot of, free lot agents. of people without jobs when spring training is starting next week. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I'm still I, I still think Whit Merrifield is gonna find his way onto the White Sox. I, I still believe that. It just uh, feels like it's just such a Pedro Getz move. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh before we go, I I, I do have a Pedro uh, quote of the week, Pat. Oh uh, good, I'm glad yeah, to Dylan Cease and everything that's happening uh with him. So it, it's a Getz uh well, actually I'm sorry, it's a Chris Getz quote, if you don't mind. Me sitting okay. uh, switching things to Getz uh quote of the week, which uh, those are always fun. Uh when it comes to Dylan Cease, uh, certainly teams have called. We've had regular conversations, uh, we've gone back and forth. The spirit is like any other move we've made. If we feel like we're going to be better, better off for the organization to move Dylan Cease, we'll do that. Uh, we're pushing towards spring training here. And once we get to Arizona, we start establishing who we are and who we are going to be. It could become a little bit more challenging, whether it be Dylan Cease or another individual to move. But we'll cross that bridge when we do. Um a whole lot of nothing, but obviously he's addressing it. And of course, uh, anytime you get a player in the system and, and start adapting to the Grafol way and, and how things are going to go, it's tough to move that player. It's tough to bring a player in late in spring training when chemistry has already been created. So you, you're thinking C sticks around at least to the trade deadline, huh? It's seeming like that's that's the course of action. Just um I think now that they're this close to spring training starting and pitchers and catchers reporting, um, it might be in their best interest now to get the most value out of him. The closer you get to the trade deadline, when there's more teams that could be involved, which could drive up the price because right now they're asking for the, the sun and the moon and the stars, and they're not getting it from the one or two suitors that are out there. I think you need more teams involved with the playoff situation as it is now, more teams have opportunities to make the playoffs which means you might have more of an opportunity to trade that asset. And you got to remember injuries, man. Uh, yeah. Something could happen to somebody's arm uh, on a competitor. Uh-oh, we got to fill that hole immediately. And mm -hmm. and things change, you know, yep. things absolutely change uh, because of need, of course. So uh, we will cross that bridge uh, when we do. Uh, Pat, uh, Super Bowl prediction at all? Uh, you, you care? Well, of course I care. It's the Super Bowl, Nick. Um, wow, I'm just hoping everybody has a good time um, sure. is what I hope for. Uh, I think it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's that mm -hmm. type of guy. He's that type of superstar. He rises to the occasion when it's uh, when it the you know the it's crunch time. Um, I don't see Brock Purdy, um, you know, being able to manage his way into a Super Bowl, Super Bowl victory. So I will take the Chiefs and uh, they will yet again uh, hoist the Lombardi trophy. You, sir. Uh, well, I got to go with my mustachioed brother, uh, Andy Reid. Uh, one hell of a mustache. This could be his swan song, right? He could retire if they, if they win, perhaps. Um, I, you know, I, I'm kind of done with the Chiefs. Just, I, I like to see change, but I have I have pent up issues with the 49ers from way back uh years wow. ago. Um so, 
Really? Uh, but I honestly, as long as my issues from Joe, from when Joe Montana, Joe Montana the, Dan Marino in a Super Bowl. Correct. But, uh, wow. you know, that was like uh, years ago, you really you know, have problems. You need, I, to I know I do. I, I know I do, but ultimately, as long as my squares hit, I, you know, and, and the strip cards work out in my favor, right. I'm, I'm all good. What's happening? <laughs> I, I did decline this, the invite to your Super Bowl party. I was yeah. not aware there was to be stripping. Strip, strip cards. Oh, strip cards. Got yeah, it. strip cards. Sorry. Got it. Should have said that more clearly. My fault. I understand. Um, all right. Uh, so listen, Pat, uh, always a pleasure. I hopefully uh, you feel better uh, with this sax therapy we throw out there. Um, next time we talk, uh, there, there's some spring training action. We'll have baseball actual games that we'll be breaking down because you and I will be uh, all over it. So can't wait to do that. Uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday to you and and all the all of our wonderful fans out there. Yep. Have a fantastic Saturday. Folks, thank you so much for, for joining us live on this Saturday morning, uh, jumping in on the comments. Great stuff. Uh, we, we tend to do this every Sunday night. Uh, at 9.15 on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. You'll get uh, updated when there is a new uh, episode. The audio available absolutely everywhere. We're on Twitter X at GoodGuysTV, and we've got a Facebook fan page. For Pat Hester, I am Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sacks.